This is Rockin' Vino, the podcast about wine and music and how the two go so well together. Find new episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever podcasts are offered. Find the show online at rockinvino.com and on social media at Rockin' Vino. So we come back. We have one show with a comedian, and we're apparently not allowed to do that now. No more fun shows <laughs> no more. on Rockin' Vino. No. It's the new law. <laughs> Uh, a very different. Well, a lot of S has hit the fan slightly. <laughs> in the in the after that. So a, a lot of things to cover for us in the world. Uh, it, it impacts everything in in some way. I mean, obviously, everyone knows we're speaking of the the coronavirus outbreak around the pandemic around the world. I mean, there's there's nothing it doesn't touch, and no industry, no community, in some way isn't affected by it. So uh, yeah, with something we should thought we should cover here. So we brought in some people that have some better insight and knowledge into the whole situation and <laughs> how it's affecting the community as a whole. Yeah, we bring in uh, oft Rock and Vino guests. We have uh, Landon from Harvest Card here. Hey. Welcome back. Thanks Woo! for having me. And uh, Mayor of Santa Rosa, California. We have Tom Schwedhelm in the studio joining us. Mayor, Thanks for inviting me on absolutely a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> I understand this is your first podcast experience. I believe this could be. Yeah, I can either one hundred percent confirm or deny it. But yes, this is a new experience for me. It's an easy and fun one. It is. Yeah. N- not a lot at risk. Not a lot at risk. We've got <laughs> social distance. Were parked in the front room. So. I feel like. I mean, even when we said we were going to do. Uh, do this episode. I, I feel like the circumstance changes every day so much, uh, and it's sort of everyone follows the same pattern. Where you like, okay, we'll we'll make do, we'll do it this way. You know, we'll keep going, but we'll do it like this. Mm-hmm. And then sort of everyone re- gets to the point where they realize, okay, we just we just can't do it. So it gets canceled or closed or. And we've sort of seen that with a lot of local businesses and of concerts, events, and gathering spaces and it's kind of the way it's played out over the past week or so it's really bizarre to watch everything is getting rescheduled people are told to work from home gotta just self-quarantine no time for fun anymore (laughs) well i'm sure you guys covered that whole term now social distancing yes when did you hear that before this you know coronavirus situation i had no idea what that was or how you defined it now all of a sudden Every day we're dealing with, okay, even here in the studio, I think this meets the criteria. Yeah, it's close. Three feet each side. Yeah. <laughs> we've actually, in some of our meeting spaces at City Hall, we've actually taped it off. So don't oh, cross wow. over that line. Hey, you're into my social distance. Keep away. So wow. it's an interesting, yeah, it's a new world. So as a former uh, chief of police in Santa Rosa, do you still have your taser? So if somebody gets too close, you can... Again, I can neither confirm nor deny that. I want you to think that I still have it readily accessible, and we'll just leave it at that. Just keep your distance. Trust me, I'm not going to invade your space, I promise. And the taser is good for 21 feet, so... There we go. If we're talking space, there you go. I'm sort of curious with the the social distancing part, how much of that will stick around sort of once this subsides, how much that will be a thing. Right. Uh, in in life after that. I, I really hope that people continue to wash their hands. <laughs> there Seriously. You go. Like, hygiene, now you're talking guys. crazy. Come I on. I, yeah. saw, I saw something the other day on, on Instagram, and it simply said, you should be washing your hands every day as though you just chopped a pound of habanero peppers, and now you need to use the restroom. 
And that's how you should wash your hands every every single time, multiple times a day. Yeah, like a little bit of water sprinkle on there, like that doesn't cut it. Like use some soap, lather it up, get in the nooks and crannies. Come on, sing your song, and then be done. Right? I agree. It's not, I don't. It's I, not rocket science. I was on a conference call earlier this week, and people were talking about the ways to combat it beyond social distancing, and the outline was wash your hands with hot water and soap every 20 you know for 20 seconds every time you touch a odd surface or public surface you sneeze cough whatever it may be mm-hmm. and going through the list by the end of it i'm thinking to myself this is basic hygiene why are people not doing this and then i get weirded out thinking oh my god i, I come in contact with people all day every day yeah. and they're not washing their hands <laughs> That's it, yeah, because you, you can only control what you do. Yeah. You don't, because I'm like, yeah, I, I meet a lot of people, and so how do you greet each other now? It's, Fist bump. It's, it's, it's different. <laughs> Toe tap. <laughs> we did a national awards show at um, uh, Finley Center, one of our local community centers, and so I was giving these checks out, and it was odd because you had young kids all the way to some seniors, right? And so we d- decided to do the fist bump. Mm-hmm. But you could tell there are some people that they didn't, how do you do this? You know, yeah. as odd as the mayor, usually you're shaking hands or something like that, right. but it was, things are changing. So we'll see if that continues after this is all over. Now, that, that was brought to my attention last week too. One of my friends was telling me, he's like, I was watching one of those fake news sources and I'm thinking he's going to list a network. And he's like, no, it was like access Hollywood or ET <laughs> entertainment tonight type of deal. And he goes, apparently people are now touching elbows instead of shaking hands. And I go, in hospitality, we've been doing that for years. You never touch a chef's hand. You never do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and toe tapping is now a thing. And I'm like, well, that's strange. I think, uh, you know, George Michael had the had the hold on that one yeah. years ago. <laughs> toe tapping? Like people are yeah. tapping their toes together instead of. Like, right. You like, like walk you, up and you like. All right. <laughs> it's like they're doing a little dance almost. Interesting. A little bit yeah. out of my comfort zone, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Like who goes first on those type of toe tapping things? I feel like somebody you know is bringing their foot toward me that that quickly and aggressively. <laughs> exactly, you might get kicked. Exactly. <laughs> now, in terms of of being uh, the mayor of a relatively large sized community, uh, fifth largest city yeah. in California, it's for something like this. I mean, you have the public safety background, so if. We've like I think you mentioned earlier we have five different emergencies all at once here. I mean, if it's something like a fire or a flood, mm-hmm. y- you have some experience to draw on on what to do with that. I I think mo the the average person, the average public official, even I think doesn't have background in pandemics. How do you even how do you plan for that? I, and so the, the good part about having experience with these other emergencies, opening up an emergency operations center and not doing business as usual, fortunately or unfortunately, we're kind of used to it. And coming from the public safety background, I'm used to going 12 hours on, 12 off. But if you worked in recreation and parks or planning economic development or even finance, they're not used to that. And that's one of my concerns is um, the impact to all of our employees. You know, we're a city with 1,200 different employees, but we have to keep operating. And so, although it's different than a fire, it's different than a climate emergency, because this is, you know, with the fire, you could leave this area. You know, I talked to friends when we had the Kincaid fire, we evacuated 60,000 of our residents. Many had places to go. But here with this one, it's across, basically it's a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Where do you go? So it does change it a little bit. And what do what precautionary things can we do? So I'm the bottom line, I listen to the health 
care professionals. That's not my area of expertise. So if the public health official says do A, B, and C, we're doing A, B, and C. And what in my role, especially it's nice now as mayor coming from the public safety background, do it. This is not a suggestion. I can't order it, but do it, right? And that's gonna help prevent you know the spread of this, at least throughout our community. And it's really interesting too, the way that um, people are reacting to it, you know, by not going to restaurants, not going to visit um, just wineries or whatever, um, or even just going to the store. It's like, I mean, if you go to the store, somebody had to stock those shelves. So somebody is touching those things. So regardless of if you're going to a restaurant, regardless of if you're going to the store to plan to cook at home by yourself, you still have to follow those safety protocols and wash your hands and don't, you know, try to try to not touch your face. That's really hard to do. If you wash right. your hands, you'll be fine. Yes. But Or carry like wipies with you if you could find them. Um, but it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting how people overreact to these things. And for me, it's all about habits, the good hygiene habits. Yes. You know, so I've got some of the uh, hand cleaner on my desk now, which I never used to have before. You know, I go to the restroom and actually use facilities there. But now it's like it's more convenient and actually it's, it's better. So I think those are some of the good habits that we can develop during this emergency time to actually uh, moving forward just be better for all. Yeah, I mean, I always carry wipies. I'm a little bit of a germaphobe anyway. So like I always have wipies with me in the car or like, um, or in my purse when I go to a restaurant. Like I'm always wiping down my hands before I touch anything and before I put anything in my body, like in my mouth if I'm eating. Like it's just, I don't know, you just gotta be safe and you gotta try not to get sick. It's one of the first things I do whenever I go to a restaurant <clears throat> or to a winery. The first thing I do when I get in there and kind of get my, my place situated, um, where I'm going to be, I always run into the restroom and wash my mm -hmm. hands because I know that in the span of the next 60 to 90 minutes, I'm going to be touching surfaces, touching people and, you know, meeting other people. You want a clean slate every exactly. time. And then when I leave, right before I leave, I go back to the restroom and wash my hands again. Yeah. Even after I give the menu back, I'll go wash my hands because like the tons of people are touching the menu. And before this, they weren't cleaning them all the time. So it's like, all those germs. And I, I feel, you know, because I, I work with about a dozen restaurants here in Sonoma County, the, the, there's spaces between. It's not like at a coffee shop when you go into Starbucks or wherever. You're, you're packed in. And a lot of the restaurants are spread out far enough that you'll be with your party. You can sit and have dinner. You were just telling us earlier that you were up in Healdsburg last night for mm -hmm. supper. Mm -hmm. You know. It, it's okay and it's safe to go out to a restaurant. Now, would I be going to a concert right now with a thousand people right. in the venue? Yeah. Probably not, mostly because those have been banned. <laughs> yes, <laughs> an underground venue, yes, mm -hmm. we don't want that. No. But that is the thing, you know, and, and especially going back, Mike, what you were asking about impact as mayor, I wanna make sure I'm modeling the behaviors that we're expecting of others. Mm -hmm. And so if we look at the press conference, you know, out of Washington DC yesterday, I'm not sure that was the case at the national level. <laughs> and for me, so. it, it just sends no, a mixed message absolutely. because I, I, I got, I, I feel compelled, I need to walk the talk. And absolutely. so actually behave the way I'm asking other folks to do it because it's in all of our best interests. So that's one of those conscious things that I really try to do uh, anytime I'm out in public or just basically anytime I'm out in the community. I feel like there's a balance where you want to stay home, like you want to heed all the warnings and stay home and not do more than, you, you know, do too much. But then you also want to still support some of the local businesses that may be seeing less business or cancellations or things like that. And so it's weird to sort of find the balance of how to do both. And I, I, I just anecdotally, it sounds like 
it's sort of up and down for a lot of the local restaurants that some days are better than others and some days are really quiet. So it's, it's hard to tell. And I think, yeah, I, I've talked to one of the local business owners here. He owns a couple different restaurants and some pizza places. And he says, pizza's doing great because takeout and delivery, right? Yeah. And so looking at your business model, what if, and unfortunately in California with the public safety power shutoffs, the fires, you need to modify your business plan. So if these different emergencies hit, now again, planning for a virus like this would have been, uh, wow, someone saw this one coming and you prepared for it. But mm-hmm. again, making some adjustments so that you can deal with whatever emergency is gonna come before us. And now, um, like with the situation that's like, it's just ever fluid, it's always changing. How are you guys preparing like for, I guess, so that like what's happening in Italy doesn't happen here? Right, well that's like following the advice of, you know, starts at the state, the you know California Department of Public Health, those are, you know, they start out as guidelines and suggestions, but even with Governor Newsom's first uh, emergency declaration, they are encouraging, you know, uh, not cancel all gatherings of 250 people or more. But we looked at it as, no, it's really a direction. The expectation is we're gonna follow that. And so we started planning that. So mm-hmm. once the city of Santa Rosa declared the emergency, that changes the focus of other things that we were working on because a lot of people in all the, you know, cities, the community expects the city's gonna be continue to operate. Well, now we had to change that focus and yeah. that has some of the impacts of canceling all events. And it's a challenge because um, having not experienced this before, it's all about the planning, planning for the worst, hoping for the best. Absolutely. And so that's exactly what all of the city of Santa Rosa has been focused on. We're getting to the point where it's just gonna be responding to essential services. And you start think of all the things that community wants from its city that aren't essential, yeah, it's gonna have an impact. But again, we're being following those directions from the public health director. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. It, it's just from kind of watching it all play out, it seems like California was more prepared for something like this than maybe other states. Is is there a way to tell that? Is that something you've noticed at all? Or Well, the fact that right now there's only three confirmed cases in Sonoma County is pretty extraordinary. You know, And I know they're doing a little bit more uh, testing, so we'll see if that still stays there, because some people are saying, well, that's because there haven't been enough testing, and we won't get in that whole <laughs> testing kits. Um, but I think also in Sonoma County, we actually communicate. So like when I'm talking with Supervisor Gorn or Supervisor Zane, it's not the first time we've ever had the conversation. Or if I'm talking to other you know, city officials uh, from other jurisdictions here, we have these relationships that uh, it's not the first time we've ever Ever talked, and that makes it a little bit easier. I had sent an email to Dr. Chong, who is the um, president of our local junior college. So they've canceled everything, I think, through either March or through April. Mm-hmm. But I just sent something to Frank, hey, do you need any assistance from the city? So we have the same message going out. It's built based on relationships, and that leads to trust and progress. And that's why I'm thinking we're doing a little bit better than maybe some other communities. Yeah, I think like the fires helped us to kind of reach that level, you know, where we just understand the importance of communication and supporting each other, which is, right. I mean, who would have thought that would be the case, right? It, it is. Well, you, you, you go to the Kincaid fire that didn't affect the city of Santa Rosa that great, but we had to evacuate 60,000 of our residents. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say it went off flawlessly, but it was pretty smooth. Having experienced our October 17 fires in my neighborhood where, yeah, I'd much rather plan for this and let's listen to what our officials say. So when the sheriff says a mandatory evacuation, I think most people heeded those warnings and we're all in this together. What we used back then was neighbors helping neighbors and it's the exact same thing with this, neighbors helping neighbors. Mm-hmm. We it, it's, it, it's easy to get tied up in just this like constant feed of Bad news coming out of all of this. Exactly. Uh, Interviewed a doctor yesterday um, 
advises the CDC and is an expert in these things. Uh, and he actually, it was the first like good news, slight good news I'd heard in a while that uh, he said that here, at least not just in this country, uh, everyone so quickly grab, uh, grabbed on to the you know, canceling events and staying home and uh, were so proactive about it. He was actually more optimistic of that accelerating things getting better and sort of heading this off be- before it becomes an Italy or something like that. So it, it was good to hear that, that it, it seems like people are getting the message and there's not much or I mean, I'm sure there's some pushback somewhere, but it seems like for something like this, there's not a lot of pushback from people fighting it. Well, it's crazy for me. I'm somewhat of a sports junkie. March Madness has been canceled, yeah. and I just read today the Masters not being canceled. It's just going to be you know rescheduled. And again, if you're not into sports, that means I'm me a lot. But for those of us who are, we really look forward to certain events throughout the year. I mean, the Masters—that's an April Classic. You know, March Madness. How many? <laughs> what people... are you going to do with your time? <laughs> exactly. I may just have to practice or something. But I'll practice clean hygiene, whatever I'm doing. You know? Exactly. I mean, even even I saw um, Ellen DeGeneres tweeted that she's still filming her show, but she's filming it before an empty audience. Yeah, wow. You know, mm-hmm. and when you hear that Disneyland is closing, apparently that means the zombie apocalypse is here. And, <laughs> Seriously. You know, there's mayhem. And I just think I I understand why things are being tapered and, and controlled from an event perspective for spreading disease or you know, coronavirus from, from that perspective to what end I think people need to take a step back and say, okay, you know what, this is, this is a real thing, but we don't need to act like animals and right. wipe out Trader Joe's. Right. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I still don't understand why, cause yeah. I've been following it for the last two <laughs> weeks, you know, plus I don't know why people are buying all of the toilet paper. Like who, who is the one that sent out that message. Like, hey guys, something's coming down. You better get that toilet paper. Like, I just don't understand that at all. Yeah, again, I go back to that, take a common sense approach to it, because if you think about, okay, what are the effects of this? How does toilet paper enter that equation? I don't don't get it. It's mind boggling. I'm like, I jokingly, I I go back to when you were a kid and you were playing Oregon Trail, that (laughs) like one of the original video games and inevitably somebody in your camp or your group, you know, uh-oh, Joey got dysentery and died. And that's, I'm thinking, is dysentery making a comeback? Like, <laughs> post-corona, now you're going to get dysentery? Like, or is it like a hybrid of the stomach flu? What's happening? Right. And nobody can give an answer as to why everyone's buying all of the toilet paper. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. I don't, yeah. It's fascinating. I mean, I applaud people for having it on hand. That's important. I mean, you got to be prepared. You got to like have some backup, but like the whole shelf, like all of it. I mean, let's not be so selfish. You know, so selfish. What, what's <laughs> fascinating? There is an article in a local paper about the producers who do these paper products. So they want to ramp up production in the supply chain. But at what point is you know why are we doing this? And boom, now they have all this product. That what are they going to do with it all? Right. right. It's kind of an interesting thing. Let's look at the big picture of this. Mm-hmm. It, it has there? I mean, this is way down the road is there talk of how everyone sort of re-enters normal life i mean do, do is it like okay now gatherings of 300 people are okay now gatherings of 800 people are okay and that's where i go to the public health officials once they start making that call because i've seen some of these different scenarios that the mathematicians take all the emotion out of it and just the spread of it and some of those scenarios can be pretty darn scary yeah. so again i'm going back to this is not my area of expertise 
so it's out of my comfort zone. So again, whatever that public health officials say, we're gonna follow. And I think at this point, since there's no cure or um, like people are either just living or dying, right? However they're affected by it. I think it's just like the importance is to not be exposed and to not expose. And so it's like the only way to do that is to quarantine yourself or to, you know, but like, um, and to stop spreading it. I don't know. I mean, it's just. But I also feel, and you could probably shed some more light on this for me. I help take care of my grandparents. My grandfather has Alzheimer's and dementia. So I'm very overly cautious and aware of interaction, germs, you know, bringing him out, even if it's to a doctor's appointment, making yeah. sure that I'm taking care of him that way. Yeah. And every year during cold and flu season, it gets a couple of news cycles. You know, your friendly morning news anchor says, just a friendly reminder, it's uh, cold and flu season, wash your hands, be sure to hydrate, maybe eat an orange or whatever it may be. The I was reading um, online this morning that the flu itself kills on average 56,000 people per year. The flu. Yes. Coronavirus, as I understand, is a hybrid of that has more of a, it affects more of the elderly, like the flu, but it has a, a fast track to an upper respiratory situation. Mm. And that's where it's falling and, and affecting people. The, I, maybe I'm overshooting the runway going, well, why isn't the flu getting the attention every year that coronavirus is getting? Or why is this now such a pandemic of panic and chaos? So there, there's many other examples of that. Um, one book that my wife, uh, actually was it a good thing or a bad thing but it's how not to die in mm. chapter one is about cardiovascular disease and the amount of people that die from cardiovascular disease is like why aren't we treating that because there's ways of preventing that mm -hmm. but for whatever reason in our society it's acceptable so the flu i think it's it's back news it's not on the front page right so that that's a tough question because you start looking at some things that are killing many more people than the you know covid 19 what are we doing about that it's a tough call so, what, I mean, not to take the reins, but when when do we expect to return to some normalcy? Who do knows? we do we know? Uh, yeah, it, it's it's up to the docs. Depend upon the, because if we slow the spread of this, and you know, I was mentioning to some groups earlier, uh, participated on a conference call with the White House, and w one of the speakers there, besides you know patting each other on the back, which is always interesting, is like really kind of going about mm -hmm. your earlier conference call. Let's we're all busy give us the information we need not congratulate each other for what a great job we're doing um, but they talked about so if it's let's say a million people are going to be affected by this it's much better for the system if the million people get affected over let's say a six-month period versus a one-month period because mm -hmm. we don't have the capacity mm -hmm. and so that's what some of the steps that we're taking now to not spread and to slow the spread of it yeah we're helping out our system as a whole and our communities as a whole but when that's going to be that you know life's back to normal heck i don't know and so if somebody does feel like they uh, are experiencing those symptoms, they can just, are there test kits available at the, the local hospitals right so now for them? It, it's going all through either the public health official or their primary care physicians. Mm. So what I'm being told is give a call, here's what I'm experiencing, what would you suggest I do? Because we're, 
here in Sonoma County, we don't have an unlimited supply, so they have to prioritize it, but that's where the healthcare professionals are gonna prioritize it. Our public health official is also doing some random testing to see, okay, what is, you know, as we said, we've only got three confirmed cases now, let's do some random testing to see, okay, is it greater than we think here? Do we need to put some more restrictions in? But I don't have any of that data back yet. you referenced the, the, I think, one of the White House press conferences. It was a weird sidebar, but I just, I've been thinking about this and I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, I remember back to the first fires, the uh, Tubbs fire. Yeah, which one? Is and that? Sonoma County was so on it as far as giving the daily updates and the daily, uh, you know, the daily briefings. And you, got, you have all the local leaders lined up behind and everyone gives their update and it's the fire chief and the police chief and the supervisors and everyone. And I, I feel like people have taken that model and that they, that's what's now you're seeing in the White House, you're seeing other places. It, is that something that started here? I, I see it so more frequently now, these daily briefings with everyone involved giving their quick update on what's going on. I don't want to say it started here because if as soon as I say that, someone says, well, no, we did this back in 1984 <laughs> totally for whatever, up. you know, but it is a model that shows we're in this thing together. And so for us, again, when I, you know, sometimes I'm just the eye candy standing back there. Any questions? Yeah, no, they want to talk to the experts, you know, but w- the whole... The whole reason for that is so we are all in this together. And even, you know, at the president's conference, I mean, how many people were there, you know, and he kept going, any questions for any of these folks? I, I think it is a helpful model just for everyone to realize, yeah, we are in this together. We're not pointing fingers at each other. There is a little bit of finger pointing, but certainly not at the local level. I think we're all very well um, collaborating. Now, it's on the, the music side of things, Probably the next benchmark here locally is uh, is bottle rock. I know, is probably right. the next big kind of marquee thing happening. They're right on that cusp mm-hmm. at the end of May. Do we think it happens? Are we taking guesses right now? I think or we're we... taking guesses. Uh, <laughs> well, since we can't bet on March Madness, uh, yeah. what's the over under line? Is just going to go forward? Can we bet a bottle of wine? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to say I think it's going to get canceled. I think it's a really tough sell to that I, close to say, hey, let's get 40,000 people in one place. I also, I mean, it's a lot of people, so I think that's what that's what's going against it. But I also feel like at that time, hopefully they'll have a, a greater hold as to what the whole situation is and that's going to be something to celebrate right hopefully true and so that will be a reason to bring people out and um, have a good time and gather back together but at the same time if there's not a grasp of the situation and it's continuing to get worse um, then no like there's no way that it can happen pulling in a public safety uh, background so they need to have security there right and I'm guessing they use either what Napa County Sheriff's or the city so if they go to the sheriff or the chief of police in Napa and say, we need X number of cops here, like I was saying what we're doing here in Santa Rosa, essential services only, is a concert an essential service for a public safety agency? Mm. I gotta say, probably not. And can they write that check for how's it gonna be in May? I don't think they can right now. Right, that's a very good point. Interesting. Is is there sort of a best case from at least your perspective as, I'm, I'm, sort of the the general thought is we'll eventually see this here and uh, I think every area is sort of planning to see some part of it. Is there a best case you can plan for that maybe we just see it minimally or? Well, 
Tommy, I mean, for me, the best case is find a cure, right? Yeah. Because I, I know laboratories all across the country are working to come with, up with a solution. So if that miracle cure comes in the next couple of weeks, problem over. Absent that, it may just have to run its course mm-hmm. and do these precautions and see where it goes from there. But I, I don't know how you put a timeline to that. Yeah. So right. Hope I, for the best. I know that I postponed, I was supposed to reboot the Supper Club event for Harvest Card and... It was supposed to be in the beginning of April, and I'm pushing it back at least a month and a half into May. Just, and it's a small, private, you know, intimate event with 110 people. But just for safety perspective, and I feel like at least at that point, even though it's you know less, far less than 250 people, at that point will be more energized and say, "Yeah, it's time to get back out." Like we want to have some social interaction, but with safe distance, you know, whatever it may be, and get people back into. I think people at, by that time will be ready to get back out there and interact again. So, in the meantime, Landon, um, do you want to kind of share with us some ways that you can support the local restaurants and wineries? Absolutely. Um, I know? just I just posted on on my Instagram at Get Harvest Card a bunch of my favorite restaurants in Healdsburg, Santa Rosa, and Windsor that I order takeout from on mm-hmm. a regular basis. You know, if you're not feeling comfortable or well enough to go in and sit at a restaurant, order order out. Yeah. They'll gladly box up any any food for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the wineries I know are. Um, taking every step in precaution. We were talking about joking about hospitality earlier <laughs> and how we all wash our hands all the times and it's important for business to have a clean sanitary countertop or tabletop, whatever it is. And I just saw that um, one of our wineries in, in Santa Rosa, Hook and Ladder, just posted frequently sanitizing and cleaning high touch areas and surfaces employees are taking extra time to wash hands and take additional sanitary precautions we're offering seated outdoor tastings in multiple tasting locations to promote your social distance all of the wineries on some level are doing all of this Every single winery that I've talked to in the last week. I've got many of those similar emails to some of the wineries that we belong members of and same thing. You know, they're we're here. Come on out. Yes. We're here. We're open. If you're not, if you're running low on wine at home, I guarantee you, if you call the winery, they will make you a great deal on shipping. Absolutely. They will ship your wine to you. So. And that's always a good package to get, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. It's. Yeah, who doesn't love coming home to a case of wine sitting on, yeah. the, on the front I mean, doorstep? That's going to be a great day. Uh, are the winery concerns and the restaurant concerns, uh, is one more worried than the other, or are they sort of similar? In- I would say that everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. We're, we're all, you know, treading the water right now, looking <clears throat> at, okay, well, barrel tasting was officially canceled. Yeah. Um, the second week in a barrel tasting was officially canceled because Wine Road couldn't promote an event for more than 1,000 people. But guess what? All of those wineries that are participating in barrel tasting are still open and they will extend those barrel tasting experiences to you at that time. It's just not an organized or sanctioned event. Mm-hmm. Um, the wineries will remain open. Be safe. Use your best judgment. If you're not feeling well, stay home. Um, they will all offer like seated tasting experiences where your party is separate from the people sitting across from you. Well, and I think a lot of the wineries right now are just taking that extra precaution to require reservations to ensure that they're not over capacity and that, you know, their tasting rooms aren't aren't full of people. 
Um, I don't think that would be the case at the moment, but still, like, if you do want to go out and support a winery, give them a call. Tell them you're coming, and they'll have a spot for you. Make sure it's sanitary. <laughs> I, I can give you sort of the, the spectrum I, that I saw yesterday. It was re- very weird from place to place. It was very different. Uh, Santa Rosa, one place that's more of a bar-restaurant kind of place, at, completely packed. Yeah. Absolutely packed full. Uh one more, more uh, Sebastopol, more of a kind of specialized kind of sushi place. Uh, way quieter. Uh, the owner had said yesterday uh, he had one customer. It was the first wow. time he's ever, wow. he closed early. He'd never had that experience <clears throat> before. And it, it, the day after, he said, was was better than that. But So it's, it's totally hit and miss. It's very, it, it's hard to predict who's going to do well and who isn't yeah i went to willie's wine bar last night and i talked to the manager there and she was just saying how she's tried to over well just she's taken reservations to make sure that the seats are full but you know people are definitely um uh, canceling their reservations but then you also get those walk-ins but either way just like communicate and that you're coming in or or as landon said order out and if you don't feel safe like eating there but still support because everybody there like they have a job and they need to be able to do their duties and get paid for it. Yeah, it was interesting last night being up in Healdsburg. Our reservations were for six o'clock, and there's maybe our party of six, and maybe another two folks there. But in, within the next hour, the place looked packed. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting, you know, walking around Healdsburg wasn't as crowded as typically a Friday night would be. But there, are still are some people are in, enjoying what Healdsburg has to offer. Yeah. So it's good. Get out there. Just be smart. Wash your hands. <laughs> You know, one of the groups that uh, we haven't talked about yet that's being impacted are some of the nonprofits. Oh, because I know, yes. like tonight, I was supposed to MC a local nonprofits first fundraiser. Mm. You know, and it was interesting because when I got wind that they're suggesting anything above 50 folks get canceled, and I called my contact there and she said, no, no, we're still going ahead. Two hours later, they made that decision, pulled the plug. Um, mm-hmm. There's other breakfast fundraisers that are being canceled. So that's the longer term impact that this yeah. is their one time a year where this is their big fundraiser and it's being canceled. So when can they do it again? You got me. So it's uh, it's that uh, domino effect. Are they um, maybe coming up with other ideas as to how to get that money for those nonprofits well, as opposed to these fundraising events? The actual nonprofits are just telling me they're rescheduling it, so they're okay. hoping to pull it off because just like what we've been talking about, where's this, when's this going to end? You got yeah. me. So maybe May, they could pull it off in May. But then all of a sudden, you're going to get all these other nonprofits so competing. And you know, in my role as mayor, I get invited to a lot of these things. Quite frankly, my weekends have been opened up now for the next couple of weeks, which is kind of a good thing, bad thing. But mm-hmm. it's uh, not knowing the um, balance sheets for some of those nonprofits because they provide vital services to this community Absolutely. behind the scenes that people just don't know about do we uh we have to keep to tr- tradition here i think we still have to give the mayor's final test oh you can do it okay you do it this time remember so, i didn't confirm nor deny that i was armed with the taser <laughs> yeah. so, you know. so even uh as we said before we're not always it, the topics aren't necessarily always this serious but we'll still close out the way we always do uh asking you on, on a good night uh, not a self-quarantine night, uh, what your, uh, the optimal pairing of food, wine, and music is, if you had to, had to pick all three. Well, optimal? So um, going way back to when we used to be able to get them, I'm an abalone diver, right? And so I used to auction off a lot of um, ab dinners, and I, that's my favorite. Do some nice, uh, like a Chardonnay or Sauve Blanc with abalone, and I do a seven-course abalone dinner. So that would be great. In the music, I'm a 60s, 70s, and 80s hit 
And again, Martinelli would be a wonderful one to go with. <laughs> um, but that would be my ultimate. Um, and again, with the abalone, I cook in so many different ways for every different palate from my abalone chowder wow. to um, you know breaded. But I miss that since abalone season's been closed at least, at least through 2021, but that's still, I'm sticking to my guns to that. <laughs> well, as soon as it reopens, we'll come over for dinner and we'll, <laughs> we'll see how you do. I would invite you to some of the fundraisers I go to and you could bid on those items. Perfect. Nice. Make it a win-win. And we have a fun time when we go to your house and uh, cook. Uh, sometimes our kitchen is a little bit louder than the guests are, but uh, wonderful <laughs> food, good times for all, for great causes too. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Landon, Tom, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Next time under better circumstances. Next time but. let's talk about a fun event or like what cocktails we're serving at whatever, whatever family ho- event holiday. that you're going <laughs> to exactly. holiday event that's going to get you through, you know, six hours consecutive with your family. I like your thinking. Uh-huh. Okay, well, thanks. next time we'll, we'll batch cocktails. Let's do it. <laughs>